Hello, friends. How you doing? Hopefully you're doing it well, safe and sound these days. I didn't do any interviews last week, and I was lucky to get one done this week. I work at the University of Wyoming in IT, and we're doing a pretty big technology upgrade so students can take classes remotely if needed due to the coronavirus. We have an outside technology firm that handles our big technology installs, and so they're doing a lot of work right now. So my job, my team's job, is to make sure the rooms work correctly after the upgrades, plus train instructors on the new technology and troubleshoot any of the campus rooms that may have technology issues. So I am busy all day long and tired at the end of the day. So doing an interview is the last thing on my mind when I get home from work. So that's why there wasn't a new podcast last week. Now today's guest I'm excited for, it's Carrie Hayden Bates. And I'm excited because we haven't talked in a few years. And last time I saw her, I was going through a weird growing out my hair phase at the time. It didn't look good. And I do love talking to my former broadcasting classmates because we had so many good times in and out of the classes. And Carrie and I do talk about those good times. Let's get to the interview. I was born in Rock Springs, Wyoming. Uh, we lived there about six months before we moved to Cheyenne. And I've been here in Cheyenne ever since, pretty much. <laughs> So are your parents native Wyomingites? How did they meet? They are. They're both from Laramie, actually. Oh, wow. And um, my um, they were high school sweethearts um, and uh, went to Laramie High and, and got married and had kids and moved to um, Utah at one point. My dad worked on the railroad a few times. He would, Then he was an electrician. Um, they moved to Nebraska. Um, and finally wanted to get kind of closer back to my mom's family. Well, both our families in Wyoming. So he had a choice of either, either going to Casper or Cheyenne for a job and they chose Cheyenne. And so here we are. And that's, that's where it's been. So, so grandparents too, are they, are they from Laramie as well? Yeah. Yeah. Both. In fact, my mom's, my mom's, um, parents and my dad's parents, um, their dads were best friends. Oh, wow. Okay. They were significantly, there was a, there was a pretty big age difference between the two men, but they were really, really good friends. So um, that's kind of how the families knew each other. And, and so they, she, my mom always had a crush on my dad. He was four years older than her. And um, so she finally got to marry her, her dream, I guess, her, her love. So, and they've been married. It'll be 60 years this month that they'll, that they've been married. So. Congrats to them. It's like Wyoming royalty right there. Right. So, it's something. Laramie is very uh like imports. I'm an import to Laramie. I didn't grow up here. I grew up on the West Coast, so of Portland and everything. And so it's not a lot of times you find like a couple generations worth of families uh that, that grew up here. So yeah, it's pretty interesting. So siblings, where do you fit in the mix? The oldest, youngest, middle, how many siblings you got there? I'm the baby. Okay. Um, I have two older sisters and an older brother. Um, my oldest sister is 13 years older than me. My brother is 12 years older than me. And then my other sister is eight years older than me. So I'm, wow. I'm made the baby. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, I have all sisters for siblings, so I feel for your brother. Right. Uh, yeah, I understand his way, understanding, but also being the only guy, like, girl, the facade of women, like, I've seen guys that don't have any sisters treat women. I'm like, you don't have any sisters, man. They're just normal people, like, real women and everything. And I was like, just treat them equally. That's all you got to do. There's... And I was like, and they do gross things. Girls do gross things too. So I was like, yes, yes, having sisters and such. Um, but I understand age differences. My oldest sister is uh, six years older than me. And then mm -hmm. I'm 11 years younger than my youngest sister. Yeah. And so I kind of had my own childhood throughout time. Did your, were your older siblings be, like cool uncles and aunts, you know, because like, of the you know, age difference? Or, mm -hmm. or were they like just another brother, sister right there? Right. I, I kind of I'm with you on the whole um, only child thing, because, you know, yeah. by the time I the one that's closest to me is eight years. So I didn't really have all three of them together. They were more my eldest sister was more like um, she was 13, I think, when I was well, 13 when I was born. So yeah. she was more like my mom. There were times, yeah. I guess, my mom said that I called her mom instead of my mom mom. So um, more so as pseudo parents, I guess they were until, yeah. of course, we got older. And then once we got older in adulthood, it's, it's more friends, you know, where we're all really close and, and good friends. And I guess thankful for us being able to, to do that. So that's nice. That's a nice part of the age difference, I guess. Yeah. I like being that my younger sister is 11 years younger than me. I was, she never called me dad or anything like that. Thank God. But I was another, as we got older, I was another influence on her. And so I have a lot of where did I go wrong with that one? And I'm like, first of all, she's not my kid. So I don't, I shouldn't say that kind of stuff, but there's a lot of her growing up where I was a disciplinary and I was a, a, a an influence on her. I did I more than I knew. And so I kind of had watched my P's and Q's, but yet, cause I wanted her to grow up and be cool and everything. And, and she right. did all right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is hard for boys, for brothers, because they have this, I got to protect my little sister yeah. type of thing. I mean, my brother's in his fifties now and he still has that mentality. <laughs> so I don't know if you ever outgrow that. And, you know, honestly, I, I kind of like it. So <laughs> I'll take my big brother, you know, protecting me anytime. So it's kind of nice. <laughs> Protecting all the sisters. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, no, I at least have the oldest and the youngest with me because that's the sisters with my mom. Yeah. They, I mean, We've been at like dance clubs and stuff, dancing, and I'll, I'll protect them both, you know? And they'll be like, oh, I didn't mean to mess with your man. And they'll be like, that's my brother. And they'll be like, oh, I'm sorry. And they'll truly walk away. And I'm like, right. Because brothers kick ass. So yeah. I'm not like I needed to get in any fights in Vegas like that, but I was very protective. I still am to, them, uh, to a degree with them. And they're both independent, strong women that can probably protect themselves very easily. And so, but yeah, it still exists as a brother. You want to, And your parents kind of drill it into you. Protect yourself. Yeah, for sure. Protect yeah. So yeah, you feel that for sure. So you got your own childhood, basically growing up in Cheyenne. What, what kind of kid were you into? Were you in school? Were you mischievous? Did you play sports? Um, I was, a, I was good. I think I was a good kid. Um, I was in, we, um, I did dance pretty much my entire life. Um, and I did sports in school. Um, but mostly it was more focused on dance. And then I, when I was in high school, um, you really nowadays you can't uh, you can cheer and do sports but when I was in high school um it was too hard to either be a full-time cheerleader or sports so I picked cheerleader because that was closest to my dance dance background so um I yeah I danced my whole life I played volleyball um I did the whole junior high basketball track 
type of thing. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't really good at it at all besides maybe volleyball, but then I got into high school and then did the cheerleading and stuck with dance type of thing. So that's where I was. Academically good student. You know, I, I like a lot of people. I think I could have done a lot better if I really tried, but you know, it's just, I, I, I got by and, you know, B's mostly, I, I very few, maybe A's, but you know, B's and C's, I guess. And if I applied myself, I, I'm sure I could have done a lot better, but I was, I was satisfied with B's, B's and C's. They got, oh, yeah. they got me through. <laughs> I was probably an underachiever for having parents that worked in education. My mom and stepdad are teachers. Uh, my stepdad is a teacher. Like I was probably way of an underachiever. My older sister, she, she is great in academics, at least till college. So I struggled for a lot. Of it, but also um, did enough so I could play sports. That was kind of my feelings about it. And then realized later, oh, you got to use this thing. You probably should, you know, study a little more because your body will fall apart eventually. Like it's it's right. it creaks and cracks and everything. Uh, learned that much much way later in life, and uh, <laughs> enjoyed all the sports and enjoyed every single second of all the stuff. But um, wish I would have hit the books a whole lot more. Understood how important it was um, to to where I wanted to be today. I, I continue to learn. I work at university and all that. So I, education surrounds me. So you kind of feel, I don't take any classes, but you feel the need to kind of keep learning new stuff and getting a whole new job made me learn a whole lot of new things. So uh, yeah, it was interesting. I was an underachiever in, in academics, uh, but excelled in ac athletics a lot too. So after a while, everybody's like, oh, yeah, he's a good athlete. Don't worry about that academic side. But I didn't need, like, the coaches to lean on anybody or anything like that. I did enough that right, I wasn't sure. eligible or anything. Uh, definitely a good kid. Uh, probably until I moved here. And then it was rebellious because <laughs> I hated living in Laramie. So I did, you know, rebelled against my parents a little bit, uh, sneaking out at night, bad bad friends and all that. Didn't drink anything. That was good. That, didn't, that college... Maybe one time in high school I did, but otherwise total good kid. Um, so you got your, your dance. What, what made you want to get into dance? I know music's great and everything, but doesn't always engage someone all from probably six years. I mean, younger than that, five, four all mm -hmm. the way to now. Cause you got a kid that dances. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I don't do it so much now, but I, yeah. I wish I could. Maybe I'll do it through her. I don't know. But um, no, I, I started when I was, yeah, about three or four. And, um, you know, I just, it, it came natural to me, I think. And um, I had my, one of my sisters, my um, oldest, old, older sister was, she modeled and um, even went to New York and, and did things like that. My other sister was very creative um, in the art. She was a great painter and artist. And um, so I think being in dance was kind of my, what I took on as, as, as a creative side of me. And, um, I, I, it came natural. I mean, maybe I just felt like it did. Maybe I wasn't that great. I don't know, but it came natural. And I really just, um, I loved it. And I did it for years and years all through, I mean, from like three till I was 18. So, um, I just stuck with that. And, you know, there has to be a time in, you know, in your high school life, just like with football and everything else, I'm not going to do this after high school. I don't have the body frame for it. I'm not sure. that dedicated to, to have my body be a dancer's body. But so anyway, my daughter, yeah, she's 15 and she started dancing. She was little around three or four. And so it's kind of fun to share those memories and, and, um, you know, tips that I have with her as well. So I kind of 
live my dance life through her as well too. And she likes it too. It's something we do together. So well, that's good. I mean, yeah. don't force anything on Pana. I'm glad that she's getting, you know. Right. You're, that's not trying to be like, well, I couldn't do it now. You will. So right. It doesn't seem sure. like I mean, the videos I've seen, the posts you do, you seem yeah, no. <laughs> great relationship and all that. Yeah. We'll get to that a little bit later. We're still talking about you in the high school era of stuff. <laughs> and so you're from Cheyenne there, a couple high schools there. What, what high school did you go to? Say that again. What's that? What high school did you go to in Cheyenne? I went to Central. Okay. And and that's when it was just, now there's three high schools. There's Central, yeah. East, South. Um, but back then it was just Central and East. And so even now when people say, you know, rivalries, you know, Central and South. No, South is not our is not a big rival to us. It's it's always East. And yeah. so um, when my kids do their sports against East, I, I still have this little bit of Oh, get them, get them, you know, and, and type of thing. So, yeah, no, I went to Central. Um, I went to McCormick Central and and um, the same schools, actually, that my, my kids have gone to, too. So that's kind of neat to share as well. We, Laramie didn't have an in-town rival, so Cheyenne was the closest. Yep, yeah. Uh, it, it picked a, probably Central dominated, dominated when I was in school. So it was definitely wanted to beat them. Um and we spent so much time, like my senior year, ready to beat Central, and we did. They had a, really had a down year from the past two years. Sheridan rose from the ranks and became a, just a dominant powerhouse. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm like, yeah, we beat Central. You know, it was great. We finally did it in three years. And then Sheridan just pounded up the crap out of us. And I'm like, well, I guess there's better teams out there in the state. We were probably right. number two to them, uh, maybe number three, I guess, if Gillette's in the mix. But, um, yeah, it was uh, – Going to Cheyenne and seeing that rivalry. I grew up in a town that had two high schools and that I, I lived for that rivalry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I understood what it was about. And I got to Laramie and went, what are we rival with? Trees? This is not good. Right. Cheyenne, they kind of got their own thing going on with their own. They got two high schools now, got three. But I was like, they got their own thing going on. And we'd, we'd show up at like games afterwards. Like the night before was the big rivalry game and the place is all spray painted. It was crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I got it. God, I mean, not heat. It just seemed interesting and intense, and I love those. Love that kind of rivalry. Wish I would have had one in Laramie. So, did you like cheer rivalries against uh, the East cheerleaders there? Do you guys have your own special ones that kind of flipped a little bit towards them? We did. We did. And um, at, at that time, um, when I was in high school, we now there's a separate dance squad and there's a cheer oh, yeah. squad. When yeah. I was in high school, it was like 16 of us and we were, we cheered in and were dancers. So it was one big squad. It was a big varsity squad. Um, we won some competitions. We were invited to go to Laramie and perform during the UW games, things like that. So we knew we were really, really, really good. Nice. <laughs> um, and so it was kind of nice to kind of show our stuff uh, you know at the east games or whatever because even we had a lot of times and this is the honest to god's truth that east uh, student section would cheer for us <laughs> because they liked our cheerleaders so well so that did happen so i have to kind of throw that jab in every once in a while too <laughs> so you get you can get a you get an athletic letter in cheerleading right yes and it was there did you guys was it like all state did they have awards like that too as well they didn't um they do now they didn't it was just letter we just lettered um and i that was that was it yeah yeah Yeah, we had we had them you it was cheerleaders and they were through all i don't think they cheered all year long um they 
couldn't do any other sports. If they did, they had to quit the team. They really couldn't be like, um, go do this. And not a lot of it worked out that way. Most, yeah, the cheerleaders, they were just getting cheer and they weren't playing basketball or volleyball. They didn't plan on it. They hadn't done it for a while. Um, but it was yeah, interesting. Like, you're cheering at wrestling? That just blew my mind. Right. <laughs> it's a commitment, man. It's a year round thing. These, these girls are tough and um, it's a hard sport, you know, it, that some people might not realize, but yeah, it's a year round thing and it takes a lot of skill to be a cheerleader, dancer, tumbler, things like that. I got, I, sad to say, I probably, well, my older sister, she was a cheerleader in high school, but in, in Oregon, you had them for different, like there was football cheerleaders and they had varsity, JV, sophomore, and then there was basketball cheerleaders. Like you had them for different sports and it was cutthroat. Like you got cut and stuff. She didn't make football, but she was basketball. So I go there and like, it's probably why I'm like, nah, whatever, cheerleaders, because they were always at our house doing stuff all the time, loud and all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Six years younger. So I should be in awe of them, but I wasn't in awe of my sister's friends all until later. But I, at the most time, I was like, ah, cheerleaders. And right. I never really got to know them in high school. And like my senior year, our football, we didn't get cheerleaders till the game we lost. And so I, I it sucked. And it wasn't their fault by any means, they just have a sponsor. And uh, that's why it took so long to get them uh, cheering. And first game they cheer, we lose. I don't recognize anybody in the stands or cheerleaders. I can't hear anything. I'm playing the game. I don't know what's going on. Right, right. And so, but I really got to know them when I went to Australia. We brought cheerleaders with us. And they wore the East uniforms because they were sponsored by, like, maybe an East sponsor. But they had the East uniforms Mm -hmm. for our team. And so, like, just traveling every with them and seeing them cheer and do all the stuff. So getting to know them there, I was like, oh, they're not so bad as my sister's gang used to be. So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you're pretty cool. So, I, I, you know, and I got to know, uh, you know, some cheerleaders in college and dance squads here and everything. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's hard. That's why I ask about the lettering. You guys should get Allstate and all that. Um, it's dedication, blown out knees. Um, sure. Calling and stuff like that. It's definitely an athletic sport too. And people don't give a lot of credit. Like, of what that can be done out there. When you can throw people 20 feet in the air, that's pretty crazy. Right. Yeah. It's or scary to, stuff, man. <laughs> or to be thrown like that yeah. would be crazy. Right. So, yeah. Like it's no, like once you get to like a college level, it's no joke. You have guys on the team that are just buff and strong and can throw everything around. It's crazy. One of the guys on the team that was here when I was in college, I played football against. And I never made fun of cheerleaders again because that guy's a badass. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. You don't realize. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He is a he is a badass. Not was. He still is a badass. Right. Jason Pacheco, badass. <laughs> still like, works at a bank. Still a badass. Right. Um, so, growing up, Cheyenne, uh, typical cheerleader lifestyle and everything like that. Did you? Were you, were you just kept it straight edge in high school, good grades, kept it chill, or was it time to get a little mischievous, boys were coming around and that stuff? You know, I was, I, we did the typical, you know, went out to friend's house or went out, it, cruising the strip was the thing, you know, and, and you just, of course, you know, gas was a, you know, a dollar Oh, yeah. 20 per gallon. So you can, you know, deal with it. But, you know, you go cruise around Friday night and, you know, meet up, oh, there's so-and-so in the parking lot, park your car and go hang out. Yeah. Um, because, you know, where else do you go in a small town that, you know, when you're 17, 16 years old. So, um, but we kept it pretty good. I mean, there were, you know, 
got to drink every once in a while, I guess. Uh, <laughs> but um, we, we, you know, and then, you know, the typical some parties, you know, every once in a while. But we, I think we, we were pretty good kids, the group that I hung out with. And, you know, basically my class in general, I think we, we had a pretty good class of kids and we were all close and, you know, kind of kept it low key and we're, we're a good bunch of kids. What was the, what was the route? What streets did you cruise? And was it a, so in Cheyenne, it was, it was, yeah, it was downtown. It was um, central um, up through Capitol and the Lincoln way, that big, that big route thing. And, you know, there was Hardee's down there. So you'd stop at Hardee's and get a pop and hang out and tell like, guys got to leave. You're not going to order anything type of things, you know? So then you get in your car and go drive again and um, just circle, circle, like for like three hours. what so but i mean it must have been fun um, we did it all the time so <laughs> i didn't probably do it till later like summers maybe i don't love my car so i don't always like to cruise but i remember doing a little bit in the summer before my senior year and maybe the summer after and ours was third and grand of course you know laramie mm-hmm. yeah but i can't the parking lots of mcdonald's and it was baskin robbins were the spots we hung out I don't remember where we turned around on Third Street, maybe Kmart or something. I, I didn't do it enough because I thought it was kind of dumb. I thought it was a waste of gas and stuff. But like that was probably before like I had my senior year of football and it was a more popular at the time. So I was like, yeah, maybe Cruz is not so bad. But otherwise, <laughs> I was home, like hung out with my friends. Like he was a bass player in a band. He played even the marching band. We were nerds. Like I wasn't out doing anything. I was like. Because I was like, I got to get out of Laramie. My ticket out of Laramie is football or something. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to screw this up. And I also had it, it was just big fishes in a small pond when I moved here. And it was just suck to deal with. And But by the time I was my senior, it was not bad. I didn't hate it as much. And went to college here. And now I've lived here now for almost 18 years. So, uh, again, so I guess I must really like Laramie for some reason. Right. It's interesting to see if they even still cruise today or do any of that stuff anymore um, at all. I mean, I haven't noticed, but I try not to be out on Fridays much anymore. <laughs> Past eight o'clock here in bed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm home. I'm home. Yeah. Like, it would only summer times. I probably go out late. Like it's called right. town. Like I think they all should have fun and do their thing, but they kind of make bars just intense sometimes. And I enjoy that, that energy, but I don't need it all the time. So, and I've done everything in Laramie drinking wise, forward, backwards, sideways. So, um, yeah, my house is pretty entertaining on Friday nights. <laughs> and a lot cheaper, a lot cheaper too, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, you can drink at home. I have a huge liquor cabinet. I can, I have a huge backyard. Like I can get all that done and not have to like worry about getting home and such. So you're going to go to college. Was university of Wyoming always the choice? Or were you, were you just going to go out there and what, go to school? You know, I, it, I, I'm pretty boring because, yeah, I think it was. Um, I, my, my mom didn't go to college. Um, it wasn't a big, I mean, women didn't go to college. They just didn't. So when, when she had, had us, it wasn't a big, it wasn't a huge push to go to college. Um, but we, all of us, all four of us really wanted to. Um, so basically I wasn't told this exactly, but it was like, kind of, I got the impression that if I wanted to go to college, I'm going to UW because for one thing that's affordable and, um, 
they can't afford to fly me here and there and go look for colleges. And at the time too, I, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like most kids, I didn't have a passion for anything really. So why go explore Florida or <laughs> wherever else when I don't even know what I want to do. So to me, being allowed to go to UW and my parents helping me pay for it. Sure. I'll take that. Absolutely. And, and I'd never been really away before from my family. So 45 minutes away was perfect, you know, and I, you know, bless my mom because I would call sometimes and she's like, Nope, you're not coming home this weekend. You're staying there, you know, and made me like realize, no, you can't just come home whenever you want. So go for, so for being, going to Laramie was ideal for me. It was far enough away and close enough by. And, um, I got the whole experience and yeah, I, I did. And, you know, to Justin, I, I was always a Wyoming fan ever since I can remember ever since I was little. So, you know, growing up, it's like, well, of course I'm going to go to the favorite, the school that I follow constantly that I followed since I was little, since I can remember, I've had scrapbooks with all the a- athletes with, um, you know, pictures, things like that. So it's like, this is cool. I want to go to UW. So yeah, I guess I did always want to go. I did not, which no. Uh, uh, well, only living here five years. I didn't have that love affair with university right. like a lot of people did. Um, it almost my, cause my stepdad brought us here. He got a job at university. It almost was, I hate that place for a little bit, but mm-hmm. I didn't realize how good it was going to be for my family, for myself. I mean, I work there now and everything. Um, but yeah, I was looking for any way out football, I applied at other colleges when to go to the university of Oregon was kind of first. And it was like anywhere I could play football. And then it was like, Wyoming will have me affordable and everything. And I was like, Oh, Laramie's not so bad. Maybe I'll totally just change the experience, do things you wouldn't normally do in high school and such, even though three of my best friends are from Laramie high school, mm-hmm. but I didn't know them in high school that well. And so we got to know each other well in college and, uh, I'm glad I chose it, um, but I can't even say I was that gung-ho about like being a fan or anything like that until year two or three. And then I was on the sidelines a lot. I was shooting videos and stuff. So, uh, and now I've season tickets. Now I wouldn't miss a game. Now I pay attention to all of it. And it's interesting that it, they jumped over the University of Oregon, which I've been a fan of since I can remember. And, but it's done so much for me. It's, it's a very good university. But it wasn't always my first choice. Sorry, University of Wyoming. But <laughs> you got me. And I'm still here, still working, making it a better place as much as I can. And so once you got to college, did you know what you wanted to do? You obviously said you didn't know what you wanted to do. So you were undeclared? Well, no, I was a business major <laughs> um, because I was interested in business. Um, I don't know why, because I was horrible at math. But I liked accounting. I liked economics. Um, and so I, I did. I was a business major. And then I got into the hard um, math classes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to work. So um, my one of my, my best friends, Gina, was actually a, a, a broadcasting major. And I thought, well, you know what? I can. I was a dancer. I can perform. And um, I've been on stage. I can you know, talk to a camera. I can, I can do that. You know, that's the naive part of being, you know, I didn't know what broadcasting was. It was just being pretty and being on TV. Okay. So I thought, well, I can do that. I can, I know something that maybe I would like. So I kind of um, was talking to her about it and kind of saw some of the classes she was taking and what all it involves and the creative part of it, the behind the scenes part of it, Um, shooting, editing, producing. 
Um, and that really got me. So, and it, so it, then it wasn't so much the, oh, just, you know, talking in front of a camera and thinking you look, you know, presentable. It was more the creative part of it. So then I declared broadcasting as a major and that's what I graduated with. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I don't know many people that are like, yep, I was going to do broadcasting right away. But I wasn't, I had no, I, even though my stepdad teaches a lot of those classes and everything, right. he was like, he kind of started working on me in high school and was like, carry equipment, I'll pay you like 50 bucks a weekend because I didn't have a job, regular job, because school and athletics were important. And I'll pay you to work football games, you'll carry equipment for K2. And back when the camera stuff, mm -hmm. there's a lot more to it. Right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, and then I worked coach shows on Sunday. And it was just a job to me. I wasn't really caught up in that, what I was being done. And I was like, oh, that's way ahead. I'm not even thinking about that. And I was highly involved with DECA, which is marketing. Mm -hmm. so I thought that was going to be my major in college or teaching because my family was a bunch of teachers. But my dad, who's a teacher, talked me out of it. So teaching was not a going to be an option. And then my I was undeclared. And my first semester, my stepdad, Mike, was like, you should intern for me. Sure. <laughs> He's like, freshmen don't intern for me normally. You'll just carry equipment, kind of what you did for the you know coach show and stuff, but a lot more into it. You'll do more. Probably halfway through, I'm like, I'm declaring broadcasting because there's just so <laughs> many cool aspect things about it, like an access, sporting events, play it, like everything. And so I was like, all right. And and by the time I was in that first broadcasting class, things it was easy. The broadcasting side was easy for me, but the rest of those classes crazy statistics way too many times that's because yeah. my social life got in the way a lot yeah. but like um it, it was great to be in broadcasting and I, I remember people talk about micro and macroeconomics like business yeah. majors and I was like yeah I'm glad I'm not a part of that one like the worst we had was stats and then you had a class that required that stats com research to to use it so it made sense but right broadcasting side the rest of the stuff I was I was I missed out on college took me way too long as far as academically socially had a great time <laughs> and, 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 for a lot of people I think right because I had no idea what I mean I wanted to do with a broadcasting degree that builds you up to work in news and if that's okay you're okay but I didn't know what other avenues to take I was really good at sports and shooting sports and I was really good at that but like shooting a car wreck ah, that does not seem like a good time or it's not my thing even though I did it for a couple of years um I I was just like I didn't know what to do so I was in college for a lot longer than probably needed um sorry mom and dad for spending that money Mr. <laughs> a little bit. I spent I paid for my last semester so uh our last year of it uh so did you get grades in college or did you get crazy like I did um <laughs> No, I, because, and, and this is usually the opposite of what people say, but because my parents were paying for college, I felt I'm not going to let them down. I know a lot of people say, well, if I pay for my own college, I'm going to work hard. But if it was my own money, I'd be like, I'll do what I want with it. If I don't want to go to class, I won't go to class. But my parents were paying for it. So I knew I'm, they don't have a lot of money. They're doing this for me. So I'm going to work hard. And I did. I graduated in four years. Um, of course, not straight A's again, but um, enough to not not just get by, and I hate that term, but enough to comprehend and understand 
and my classes, what I was really doing, you know, high school, you don't care. I'll never use this again. But in college, you know, you know what? I got to pay attention. This, you know, I might get a C in this class, but at least I can comprehend and know that I'm going to be using this stuff for maybe the rest of my life. And so um, I, I, you know, I had my, my sheriff, um, partying some yeah. with you yeah, um yeah. but um but yeah i always i always got up i i rarely miss class rarely ever missed class so um i was proud of myself for that i just thought if i'm gonna go and do the social aspect of college then i'm making myself get up and do the the real part of college as well so what do you think your most interesting class outside the major was oh oh my gosh that's hard Outside of my major, Ugh, I don't even hardly remember any of those. Um, you know, I had a um, philosophy class, and um, that kind of that that does does stand out because when you have a moral mindset on anything, I mean, or even a mindset towards anything you really strongly believe in, and then this class kind of makes you realize wait a minute, think about this instead, or what about this? Or what's the, you know, moral side of this topic. And so that is one class that I did. I, I enjoyed. Um, and it made me think and kind of, you know, made me not rely on what I've thought of my entire life, I guess. So maybe philosophy, that would be one class that I, that I kind of stands out in my mind. I took philosophy. I dropped it because I was not ready. Um, cause I, I just got fed up the first class, it was like, define love. And oh my God, <laughs> uh, it, it was just, you'd get to a point and he'd be, he'd be like, why? And you'd be like, I'm going to strangle you. That's why. Yeah, and yeah. yeah it, pushed your, it pushed your mind and my mind was not ready to be pushed at the time in that direction. I, I like psychology classes and stuff. I understood that, but the philosophy was just not working on me then. It makes more sense to me nowadays and such. But I was like, yes, why? Mm, not working. Uh, my, I'm down to about two interesting classes outside the major. One was uh, fusion fission psychosis, which was you, all you did is have to go and got to be. And, <laughs> and I can't remember, it was a couple times a week. I think maybe if it was Tuesday, th- it might've been Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And, but the, they would check attendance by scanning you in, but they didn't always do that. So if you missed, the check-in time kind of got screwed, but you can make it up by watching movies, which were crazy, like <laughs> nuclear bomb movie, like, wow. And everybody, like they were at nighttime. And so it was like a Thursday night, the whole place smelled like booze. Like everybody was drinking, watching the movie. It was crazy. Yeah. And if you watch those movies, you could, and write a paper, you could get an A. And so right. that was a very interesting class, even though sometimes I fell asleep during it. Cause it would be like movie time. And I'd be like, I work at a bar. I'm sorry. I'm going to sleep. Um, Another one was my last class, I think, ever, the Bible as literature. And the disclaimer the professor starts with is if you were really all about the Bible and like the teachings and everything, you don't want to take this class. Like mm-hmm. take this thing. But if you're looking at it, you can handle like God being a character, Jesus being a character and talked about in a uh, that way and, you know, dissecting their characters you'll be okay. And there are people mm-hmm. that would struggle with it. And, and so when I, I couldn't like, do that, that would be tough. That would yeah, be tough. I was like, God's but... poorly written. And they're like, Oh my God, you know, and I'm like, yeah. well, it's a character. And, and so that was a very interesting class. Um, yeah. It's not for everybody. And I might have the book somewhere still because I was like, yeah, I guess this is a good reference book. Cause everything's kind of 
highlighted and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, those are definitely interesting. Inside the major, what was your favorite one inside the major then? Well, all of Mike's classes, cause okay. he was, he was really, he was always good to me. Um, I, he, I just really, I have fond memories, um, of him. Um, aside from those, I, I, Dave Walsh taught a sports broadcasting class and I actually wanted to major in sports broadcasting wasn't a major, but that's where I wanted to go into because like you, I wasn't into the news newsy side of broadcasting. It was more sports and I love Wyoming sports anyway. And Dave Walsh has a class. Of course I want to take it. I mean, he's my idol. He's my mentor still to this day. Um, so I do remember I had that class with him and I think it was one of the first ones actually that he taught because um, it was me and, maybe two other girls, Josh Walwork was in that class. So I had, you know, some awesome athletes that knew their stuff. Yeah. So you have these girls coming in and I wanted to prove myself because I did know a lot about sports and I wanted Dave to, to realize who I was and make an impression on my mentor. And so, um, that was a blast. He just, we, he and I kind of connected. Um, he, he knew I was a huge Eric Lechner fan. Um, and so every once in a while, Dave would like Carrie, wait, wait till the class leaves. So everybody leaves. Like, come here. I'm like, what? He's like, I have these. One of them was um Eric Lechner um playing cards with Venice and all these. Like he gave me those as a present. Then he's like, I have the signed picture of Eric. Do you want it? I mean, just like little things. I mean, like we just, I just yeah. loved that class. And he never um I don't, I don't want to say like degraded, but never looked down on the girls in the class. I mean, he knew it's like, you know your stuff, you don't get up here and you know, talk and you know what you're doing. And so that meant a lot to me. And so that was probably one of my favorite classes too. I think sure. if we, I wasn't in that with you, I was in the next class. You uh, might've been in there. Was, were you in there with Josh? I just I remember. So. I remember Jeff was there too. Yeah. Um, it was fun. Like sitting in the booth, sitting in the press box booth. Um, yeah. Behind him. And, and it was actually like a day off work. It was great. I was like, Oh, I got yeah. a day off. I got to sit back here and watch them and i was i i didn't know they had those cheat sheet cards the laminated <laughs> things and they've got everybody's foot name and everything that was very interesting to learn about that side of it and how prepared uh they are as play-by-play -play and color commentators jeff did it in sheridan for a long time jeff rickett and mm -hmm. I, every once in a while we'd be in laramie i'd be up there i'd be a tag team partner with them and give my insight and so he's so it's hard to get into that mode of calling sports like that and they're so good kevin and dave are so good like you can just sit i mean like people don't and know how good they are when if you're listening to someone you know university of washington or wherever you're at dave and kevin are some of the best tandem in college sports right now they are and like you said to go in the booth with them to, and to yeah. see them not nervous not like what are we, you know it was yeah. just it was a natural it was a nap that's why they're so good uh, but it was a natural you know, thing they had going on. And I remember like you, you standing behind them, like, how and would I, how would I ever do this? You know, cause he's so awesome. He's so, I was just in awe, but what a great experience. You know, what other college gets to go up in oh, the, yeah. you know, in, in, in the booth and watch your color, color guys, you know, broadcast a live football game. And, and it was just awesome. It was, that was a great memory as well. Yeah. I, I worked with Dave a lot on uh, production and stuff. He hosts a lot of our shows. And to be like, okay, Dave, here's your copy. Read this. You only have a minute, blah, blah. And he would nail it. Minute 30, perfectly. On to the next one. And I'd just be like, what a pro. What a pro. Like, yeah. amazed at that. Because, I mean, you've probably caught enough 
promos and stuff that it doesn't always work that easy on the first time or or it's not your word so you gotta fix them and and write how you like and so dave would just be like oh, i got that you know here we go and perfectly timed stuff and it was amazing and kevin too is just as good and being a sports information director at the time now he's different jobs and stuff mm-hmm. but like uh, yeah kevin was never nervous and he would just step in i had the chance to interview those guys on a wyoming signature show eventually and uh, to hear their stories and everything dave's only gonna do football now which right yeah they would come when when they would be out of the box and i'm not ready for it i'm still not ready I, for that day i don't think a lot of us are it's yeah. it's um it makes you think it's it's kind of heartbreaking but i understand where he's coming oh. from i mean he's gotta it's it's you know he's got to have his life too so but at least oh, yeah. we got him for football at least yeah. we still have him for football true <laughs> he can make a two-yard carry sound like it's 100 yards yes like, he's such a great <laughs> announcer like that so we were lucky we got we got to learn from people like him uh, in our jobs, that was, de- I mean, our classes and stuff, that was definitely an interesting class inside the major mics, uh, for sure. That capstone class, uh, where you got to combine like everything you learned in video, both in and out, like production wise, like in studio production on in the field production, uh, was good. Um, learn- I mean, looking back, I wish I still had that stuff to check it out, uh, to see how we've all evolved since. Well, we, we thought we were hot shit, all right? And mm-hmm. uh, looking back, I'm sure I'm like, oh my God, no, I wasn't. Like the stuff I learned in New York, like I got, got so much better at what I did and faster and everything. They just gave me the tools at uh, UWTV and, and broadcasting at, at university and everything. Um, but like, I could have learned so much more before going to New York, but I was kind of prepared to work in TV news that way. I wish it would have been sports, but it is what it is. I have some cool like sports stories. I got to work in sports in New York. I was in the jet locker room. Um, Herman Edwards and I had a pretty good rapport oh, wow. over two different times that we were in the locker room. Like, cause I was, I was just a backup guy, but he remembered me from like the first time to the, to the like, you know, a week or two later, I was back in there and he's like, Hey, big guy, what's up, man? Wyoming, right? You know, that's to, awesome. Because they all know when they hear me talk, they're like, you're not from New York. They know that for sure. They're like, right. And so like, where are you from? And if like, Wyoming sticks out in everybody's mind, like, <laughs> what are you doing in New York? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So it was interesting. Mm-hmm. That. So once you were done with college, did you know exactly what you wanted to do? Or you were like, uh, what next? I, I did. I, um, I, well, I was, even when I was in college, even in high school, I interned at Channel 5 okay. TV in Cheyenne. Um, and so when I, before I even graduated college, I was um, kind of working on weekends part-time there um, in production um, behind the scenes. So once I graduated, I got offered a full-time job um, directing and um, doing stuff there behind the scenes. And then I'm still there. <laughs> but, you know, in my defense, I... I'm not one of those that's, and I think also at the time when I graduated, when I was in college, you didn't, you didn't hop around every two years. You didn't try to, as a small, you just knew I'm going to be a small markets broadcaster. I never wanted to, um, you know, go to me. Well, maybe there was a part of me that I think that's in everybody's mind, right? You want to, you want to go somewhere big. And I knew that, but realistically too, I wanted to have kids and raise a family and I wanted my parents to be around my kids. And so 
this is where I, you know, had to be. And so, um, I think that's when I, after I graduated and I got offered the job, um, I did every in small markets, you know, this, you you can, you get to do everything, yeah. you know, you're not just hired when you're hired to maybe direct, you don't just direct, you know, you, you do everything else. So from the years I've been at channel five, I've done everything. And I, it's, that's why it's never gets boring because I, I'm, you know, constantly doing not just one job, but you know, 200 different jobs. So yeah, after I graduated, I think I knew that like I got offered this job. Let's see. And I did, I got offered jobs in um, other markets as well. And I, cause I applied just to see what do I want to do? Do I want to move? Do I want to do this? And, you know, eventually it's like, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a job. I, and I know that's maybe a different mindset that most people have, but it's a job. My life is my life. I wanted to have a house and kids and, you know, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Other goals. Then And I'm fortunate to have a job. I'm, I'm yeah. fortunate to have the job that I love because I yeah. love it and to have it all these years. So I would never, you know, complain about that, but I'm fortunate to have that job, but yet have the life that I have too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, like, <laughs> you're like I, I talk about it with a lot of former broadcasting uh, classmates and such uh, that none of us work in it anymore and you're like it you're like we're like the one I, or Matt Williams does it down in um, mm -hmm. um, but like uh, we're just amazed because a lot of them chase that dream they, they chase you know around the small markets some made it bigger I think yeah Matt did a little bit now he's in a bigger market um, I was like uh, no, I'm not working in Denver. I'm not working for Cheyenne. I'm not working for K2. I had connections in New York. Oh, I guess you can make it there. You can make it anywhere. Um, my resume through my dad, who's a teacher, somehow got in front of people at News 12. And because I was working every odd job I could just stay afloat. Um, I was newly married and such. Uh, but I knew I wanted to work in TV. And then, uh, yeah, did news for three and a half years and went, no. This is not my thing. Like kudos to the ones that can do it and live to win Grammys and, and everything and, and make these great stories. Um, it tore my heart out. A lot of stories. I was there during 9-11. It was probably a big one um, that I was like, ah, I got to get out of here. And other things were happening in my life um, to make me leave New York and a job opened up here. Um, it was home. And, and so I left and I was like, I'm only going to be in Laramie for five years. <laughs> almost 18 years later here i am and because I, I thought i'd be back on the on the west coast for sure but uh, I, I love working in education i wish we had a broadcasting school a broadcasting department mm -hmm. every once in a while it gets kicked up and we still have our studio um oh, too much there uh we kind of just kind of squat on it so nobody takes it away from us one of good, good. Uh, my co-workers he set up his office there uh i can't remember last time a production was done there i'm fully on like supporting it classroom like technology in classrooms uh so i don't really get to do a lot of any sort of production work uh i do a lot of video conferencing like this i'm an administrator for our zoom stuff mm -hmm. and, and so that's where the video components ties in but right. to my job but i it's and it's a job that like i was working in outreach school video conferencing manager they got rid of outreach school and they uh put me in it and they're kind of like, oh, you have these skills. Here's a job opening spot that we have for someone like you. I had to learn a new job in the last three years, and it's it's 
interesting to be my age and go, ah, I figured at this moment I'd be like in a solid job that I've had for the last couple of years and not have to relearn or learn a whole new thing. Doing okay now. Uh, but I, there are days where I'm like, oh, I'm responsible for this? Oh, crap. <laughs> and so I'm, I get jealous of the people that still get to work in TV and still get to do the, the creative aspect of it. Because I was like, I used to make such great videos and I was so creative. <laughs> but I sold out like for money and just the promotion and and followed uh, the next logical step. And literally jobs I left got cut years later. So I kind of made the right steps. But I, I mean, I miss... I miss that aspect and, and I, our studio still exists. So every time I walk in there, I, the memories of, of a lot of, of my life, I grew up there I and mean, from 17 to 20 sure. stuff, and then back again, working there a lot. It was interesting. It's, it's surreal to work at the University of Wyoming, even though it's changed a lot. Um, so your kids, you had kids. Yeah, I do. Yeah. How many kids you got? <laughs> I guess we would say- I, I- you probably met your husband sometime along the way. How'd that go down first? <laughs> You're going to laugh. Um, okay. It was in college. Um, it was my senior year, I think. But we met at, at the Ranger. Yes. Of all places, the Ranger. Yeah, I never, ever went there. I was with some girlfriends, and um, one of my girlfriends had just broken up with her boyfriend, I think. I don't even remember. But we're like, let's yeah. go take her out. I'm like, okay. They're like, we're going to the Ranger. And I'm like, what? No. We don't, my, my group of friends doesn't go to the ranger, but (laughs) okay, I'll go. So I went and, um, he was there and I met him and, um, we, we kind of hit it off and that's, that's where we met. And so we been together ever since. So we have, we have, um, two kids, my boy, um, he will turn, oh my gosh, he's going to be 17 next week. Wow. And um, his name is Slater after Reggie Slater. <laughs> We're, uh, and, um, Slater story for you. And then um, my little girl is um, 15. So um, that's that's what's going on now. And they're in sports. And um, in fact, this weekend, we're going up to state cheer um, at the event center. And then um, my son is wrestling in Riverton. So sports for a while every weekend, which I love and um, wouldn't want it any other way. So. I didn't mean you. I got Reggie Slater uh, story where they're doing the was a hundred years of Wyoming basketball and they yeah. had decades and everybody's down in the court that's still alive or they have pictures or whoever. And um, I'm standing in the tunnel. I mean, I'm actually doing press stuff. I can't remember what I was doing, but I'm in the tunnel for it all. And I'm standing next to Reggie Slater. I kind of know him uh, just through media stuff. He is a little bit older than when uh, I started school and stuff. So mm-hmm. I was born in classes like Theo and, and those guys. Mm-hmm. And so um, he, we're talking and he's looking across and he's like, do they not allow black people into Wyoming until the seventies? <laughs> Cause it was Flynn Robinson. It was like seventies. Right. And I, I about took a knee laughing, but I mean, just yeah. as you looked at it, you're like, you're absolutely right with that boy. And like, it was funny yeah. what he said, but yeah. And then he trots out there. Uh, the biggest, uh, the two biggest like ex- pop explosions from fans I ever been around that say first was Kenny Sandlands, yeah. but then Finnis blew the doors off the place when he stepped sure. out. Sure, I, I that was Like I just watched him play and all that stuff, but he didn't come back and be recognized again and everything. 
Like I did, I saw Kenny Sailors come out and get that same reaction, but I didn't think anybody could outdo it. And Venice was was crazy, like blew the doors off the place. And so, yeah, I'd come back all the time if I was him, if I got that kind of reception. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. The whole state loved you. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that, and like one of the guys I tailgate with, um, Brett Williams, he knows his brother was a trainer on those UW teams with Slater and all, with uh, not Dembo and mm-hmm. and all them. So when they come back, they come to our tailgate. And one time I was just sitting there and I was like, that's, and it's Dembo right there. And let's nice. box and Slater. Yeah. yeah, they're always around and it's interesting. And people are like, you gotta tell me. And I'm like, I'm not gonna have you rush him like while well, we're just hanging out and stuff. Right. But it does happen. And so, but it's shocking sometimes. So I was like, "How cool!" When I was sitting there staring, and I was like, "That's Finnis Dembo just hanging out by the car, like the car door." That's so cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I didn't know the basketball players as well because my roommate Josh, I was more friends with football players. I played football. I covered him as well. And so, like, I never really got to know a whole lot of the basketball players during my time period. Theo had a few classes with, uh, but once he went to his. 19 and up USA basketball camp. He was way over our heads. He was oh, so, right, right. so like <laughs> hard man to be around. So, you know, it's just, everybody knows him. Right. And so, but yeah, he's, it, but I, yeah, I didn't get to know a whole lot of the other basketball players. There's animosity sometimes is between mm-hmm. the two sports. It cracked me up because I worked at the parlor where every athlete liked to hang out half the time. And uh, yeah. And so it was interesting and to be part of the media and they trusted me. That was, I was shocked about, like I did a lot of crazy stuff with some athletes, but I would never tell when they was like, oh, right. yeah. they're like, we'll right. get the hell out of you. And I was like, I know, but it'd be a good story. See? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, so kids, like how far after being married, did you decide to have your kids? Um, it, so. Yeah. It was about, two years yeah. uh, we were married for about two years and then I had Slater so Better. yeah because we'll be we'll be married um 20 years in May um so about three years I guess maybe two or three years after um, we're married we had no kids so is he talking college um yeah he's a he's um he's doing college classes now he's done AP classes he's just he's an outstanding student um so but Again, like all of us, he has no idea what he wants to do. And he's kind of a, yeah, he's a junior. So he's kind of a young junior. Um, like when I was a junior, I was already 17. He won't be 17 till next week. So I still kind of think that little bit of immaturity is like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know. But um, his thing is UW. He wants to go to UW, which is fine and um, fine with me. I, you know, I've given him the opportunity. Do you want to go look at schools and Florida say or whatever he's like no UW so I'm like okay well let's see you know we still have a year and see if you kind of change your mind on things a little bit but if that's if that's where he wants to go that's that's fine yeah I was I get maybe I was young I turned would turn like 17 my junior year but well, my birthday is in March so I'm was so you're about the same yeah yeah okay. um so yeah I mean turn 18 Actually, I turned 18 right before I got to Australia. That was fantastic <laughs> over there because you could drink at 18. It was, right. It was awesome. And then you carved you anyway. Like, that was the bummer part of it. Like, oh, <laughs> and they're like, well, you're American 18 year olds. It's easy to tell. And there's 50 <laughs> of you. So, yeah. yeah. 
we're not going to worry about that aspect. And they all been <laughs> drinking since they were 15 or whatever. It was sure. a trip that was after right after high school. That's where I learned how to drink. I got drunk once when I was in high school, like spring break in my senior year, because sports were done for me. I wasn't doing anything. And we were raising money to go to Australia. I started hanging out with like the guys that, on my team that did party. And I was like, whatever. It's spring break. We're not school. Yeah. God, blackout drunk from at an apartment across from the buckhorn. So every time I'd like be at the buckhorn, I'd be like, that's the place. I don't remember like <laughs> good solid. I made a spectacle myself. It was a good learning lesson. Right. Um, yeah. Made it home at my curfew. And I swear for years, my mom helped me because I was blackout drunk. Right. Um, didn't We had discussions later. She's like, no, I thought you were fine. I didn't even think you were drinking because I didn't tell her. I was like straight edge about drinking. I hated it, a lot of it. And then I was like, didn't tell her about that. And then when I went to Australia, I came back and I was like, mom, I learned how to drink in Australia. And she was like, oh, I can't hold it over my friend's heads that you were a non-drinker. And I was like, oh, yeah. that's funny. So yeah, I mean, that's that's something like you have to tell your son when he gets yeah. And hold on. And I tell that everyone to a lot of kids. Like they're like, I'm like, don't drink till college. Like, wait, do not do it in high school. Your brain's still gone. And if you can wait till you're 21, I don't know if your brain's responsible then either. But the more responsible your brain gets when you drink, the better because it does some damage and you'll do some stupid things. And I'm like, absolutely. It's, it's kind of cool, but it's not at first. Like it tastes like crap a lot of the time. Nowadays, right. alcohol sounds good. Like, I wish we would have had some white claw back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> we had dollar penny beer nights with old Milwaukee's best. <laughs> and we drank it. Yes. Yes. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, like I think on one of my previous podcasts, we, we talked about the efficiency of a drinker throughout the week. Like Mondays was this night. Tuesdays was this place. Wednesdays was this place. Thursday. And I was like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like. I spent so much, much money at the bars. I was like, I should just work here. And that, right. like, that's how I paid for a lot of that stuff. And then I talk about it with everyone. And I was like, I don't know when I slept. So I usually had a couple jobs, going to school full-time, uh, active social life. Uh, no wonder I slept when there was breaks for like 12 hours <laughs> at a time. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so as like my little sister got out, she hated it. When she got to that age, I used to wake her up like at eight in the morning and be like, it sucks, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Revenge. Cause she would do it to me all the time. Cause right. we'd be on trips and I'd sleep half time. Cause I'm recovering from not yeah. sleeping in college. And so it, yeah, you know, siblings, we like to mess right. with each other like that. <laughs> um, so in the, during mm -hmm. this, this pandemic got homeschooling. Yeah. I mean, that, they're probably back in school now, but I mean, how'd that work out with your kids? Yeah, not good. Not, not yeah. good. Um, like I said, but well, both my kids are really good students, but Slater's, um, you know, grades were a little more important because he was taking those AP classes and whatever, and it, it didn't go good at all. Um, and what do you do? You know, he's, he's 16. You can't sit there and say, get, get your homework. I mean, I did to a point, but, and then after to a, to another point, it's like, shoot, if you're not going to do it, you're not going to do it. You know, and he did, he turned everything in, but it still wasn't the best of what he could have done. And um, it's just sad that it's just a, a semester, what, two semesters that just basically is going to go against him. And, you know, it's, it's not really anybody's fault. It's not the teacher's fault. It's not the kids' fault. It's just, it's 
the world, I guess, I guess what happened, but, you know, thankfully they are back in school and um, going good aside from the whole athletic side of things where you can't have grandparents come watch or my gosh, siblings come watch things like that, which, you know, is really getting really old at this point. And hopefully that changes, you know, by at least his senior year. So no prom, no, you know, no pep rallies, no anything like that. And it's sad, but maybe it's sad for us because we know what, what they're missing. Maybe they don't care because they don't, they don't know what they're missing. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I want to tell, I, well, I hold, I still hold this to the college kids. I was like, you pull this together. It's all on you because it's here in Lanner Week. I said, like, you pull this together, keep the numbers down. I will throw you a party. And I know people <laughs> will chip in. We can get through this again. So yeah, I mean, we struggled a little bit in the fall. Um, kind of had to pause classes earlier, about a week earlier than expected. Um, we're now in full-on face-to-face classes. I think we're used to it. The numbers don't seem to be jumping up like they did uh, last time they showed up in Laramie. So that's good. We'll probably see how they come out later this week when all the tests come back. But I'm like, I will throw you a party. Because yeah. I want to be done and I want people to be able to go to sports and I want to be able to do all these activities as well, or at least my friends and families and all that. I want this too. So hold it together and we'll have a big old party this summer, a celebration of our birthdays, holiday, whatever it is that we missed yeah. last year. I say we all get a year back. We don't, we didn't age. So I'm just going <laughs> to say, I'm going to say 46 again for the next year. I hope everybody's down with this kind of thinking. Um, we, we, you know, it was, it's difficult. And, um, but yet looks like things are kind of easing back out of it. Hopefully everybody gets vaccinated and on stuff like that. And yes, masks suck and social distancing and you can't hug and yeah, terrible. And we went to Nebraska a few weeks ago and my girlfriend's nephew was playing basketball and we watched it at the house streamed. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way it is. And I was like, when they were like, oh, you're going to come and go to a basketball game. And I was like, are you sure? And they're like, oh, we can't go. They're going to stream it. And I was like, oh, there you go. Like everything's right. streamed for that kind of purposes. And so um, there's a lot of technologies and let's zoom sure. that, that are emerging that are going to bring us closer together on top of being able to be around each other again. But like being able to do my podcast, this is this is great for me to do it here in this interview way. Um, I. We have family Zoom sessions with my family all across the United States <laughs> down right. days and birthdays and stuff. And so I mean, just putting that together because everybody's feeling a little bit isolated. Everybody's mm-hmm. in the same storm, but we're all different boats. We're trying to navigate mm-hmm. and such. And so I can't imagine being a kid. I guess we feel for them, like you said, um, because they're missing out on things we enjoyed. But maybe at this time in their lives, they didn't want to do those things anyways. So right, right. Whatever, I'd rather be technologically, you know, hooked up to with my friends than actual doing in personal stuff. I'd rather be playing PlayStation with my friends on mm-hmm. Xbox with my friend online than right. hanging out in your basement doing whatever, you know. So it's it's different, but I don't want it to make it we're all gonna be socially awkward. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, uh, absolutely. When we get around yeah. large amounts of people, we'll be like, oh I huh, okay. Like I was on a trip to Kansas for a wedding. Like I hadn't been around anybody really in a convenience store. That many people in the convenience store. I was, I knocked over my drink. It spilled over. <laughs> I was like a hot mess. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm not used to all these people. Like at the time, and it was weird. And cause they got one, these teenage girls got close. And I'm like, 
six feet. Come on, man. You know, <laughs> I'm just filling up my drink right here. You know, this oh, shot. And so, yeah. And I'm just like, I'm socially awkward around all these people. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, it's interesting. Hopefully it gets over sooner than later. One more question for you. We'll wrap this right. sucker up and I ask this of everyone. And we've kind of alluded to it during the, during the podcast here. How did we meet since the show is called All My Friends? Um, well, obviously in college. Um, I, it's funny because I say, I, I tell my kids and stuff, you know, you go to college and you hoping to meet people from all across the country, all across the world sometimes. But it's funny that the ones that I tend to be, in my case anyway, like lifelong friends or closest friends are the ones that are like, we're in my own backyard or from Wyoming, from Wheatland. Carol's from Wheatland and he's one of my best friends. So um, anyway, we met in college and I think it was through, I don't, it was either through our broadcasting classes or it was through Gina and Carol and that group over there. Um, And then my gosh, we just kind of hung out every since after that. I know remember when you worked um, at the parlor and things like that, you would let us kind of work the doors as well. So um, that was always interesting and fun. So, and then we just got to be, we always stayed friends ever since. I mean, my gosh, it's been how many years, 20 years. So 20 plus years. Um, So yeah, that's, that's the memory. I mean, I have lots of memories um, with you, but I think that's where it was either through straight broadcasting, or I think maybe I met you before that. And then when I started, when I majored in broadcasting, got into those broadcasting classes and got to know you better. I wonder if I, well, oh, I was like, I wonder if I had any influence on you Jordan broadcasting, if I knew Gina by then. I didn't think I knew yeah. Gina um, until maybe a broadcasting class was, we jumped through one yeah. or two. Um, but I don't remember meeting Carol and, um, that group that lived downstairs at the Chinese restaurant there, uh, the manor <laughs> place. Uh, I don't remember meeting them that well. I remember the other guys. I do remember Carol being a DJ at the parlor when I became a DJ there and his um, apartment was downtown at that time. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, he's like, oh yeah. And he reminds me, I was like, sure. I don't remember that very well that right. downstairs guys, kind of, I think his roommates, but I don't remember him all that well. Um, but yeah, broadcasting, probably broadcasting class for sure, I would say. Um, yeah, and, the, and then we just all hung out together. In fact, you remember I, the, one of the best memories is when we made you and Ray up for yeah. Halloween as girls, and I had to do your makeup. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, I don't know if it was broadcasting, but we all, I mean, even oh, if yeah. it wasn't, we all just kind of hung out since then anyway i mean it was from the dorms to the um the mandarin to you know me and gina's trailer and um things like that so through all the years we were just we just kind of all stuck together anyway so i learned being dressed up like a girl for halloween that was the only time i ever did that um it was a lot of work it was a lot of work and i was a lot of respect for you ladies to do all that (laughs) stuff even though i was pulling off a different look um but Ray did it multiple times and he pulled off look like, I think he was too comfortable in it sometimes. I was like, Ray, <laughs> you got to stop dressing like girl all the time. New costume next year. Right. But, yeah. It was, uh, I learned a lot. Like definitely like, I, I don't know why you guys want to strap on all this stuff just to go out. And it's, I was like, we're not impressed. The guys kind of, but you're impressing each other more. The guys are like, yeah, that's great. But it's more for each other. 
And so, yeah. and so, it's, yeah, <laughs> girls are their biggest critics. It's it, right. It's sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, I think our friendship early led to us being like closer classmates, like, because mm-hmm. the classes eventually got narrowed down um, because you, I never wanted to be in front of the camera. It wasn't a goal of mine or anything like that. Uh, behind the scenes was good for me. I kind of stuttered and puttered in front of a camera in the beginning. Now I'm very comfortable because I know what's done on the other side. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you were talent side a lot. And it, mm-hmm. it was like, that's, there was a disconnect there sometimes until one could prove to the other that you're worthy to be in the chair or you're worthy to direct. You know, like, ah, all right. Who's good on the other side of the camera that I can get out there to do my stories? I'll get carried. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. 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 For sure. And so, yeah, there was a few moments where I was like, I was good at what I did and I was very selective in who I worked with because you had to reciprocate. Like, if I shot good video for you, you better shoot good video for mm-hmm. me. I was a friend mm-hmm. of the camera kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. I trusted X amount of people of that kind of stuff. And so, was wrong. I get Mike used to lecture me all the time. He's like, you're good and you can't do that. And I'm like, whatever, it's my grade. Like, right. Yeah, know. for sure. So yeah, <laughs> the good old days of broadcasting. Do you, I don't know if you remember it, uh, where they ripped up my sports intro, Tony and Mike. Um, I shot it all. We put it to video. I shot it all. I picked the song. I wish I would have picked a better song. Jeff had like great Cowboys from Hell song. I wish I would have used and they had to critique it, but it was a like plus material. It was great. It was awesome stuff. I shot great stuff. And, and you guys, the classmates defended me. I didn't say a word. I just kind of sat there and they're like, how, if you're going to rip into him like that, where do we stand? If you're going to, you know, our stuff's not nearly as good. And they were like, no, no, he's getting an A. It's just, we got to <laughs> give some constructive criticism. And I was like, oh, phew. Like, cause I was like, it's good. I don't know what you guys expect. This is really good stuff. And so it was interesting. I, I do remember that. And I remember because too, um, as you said, as, as we got further into our, you know, broadcasting careers, we got to be a, a kind of a, a, a small clique of friends, a small yeah. clique of broadcasting buddies that stuck up for each other because it wasn't a big um, you know, a, the, a, a big group of majors in broadcasting. So we all had to have each other's back and we all had to, like you said, kind of prove yourself like what you said, if I'm going to shoot a video for you, you better dang well do it better for yep. me or as well for me. So I do remember that moment. And I remember everybody like, crap, Justin's really good. If he, <laughs> if they're ripping in on him, we are screwed. So I do remember that. And it was neat that everybody kind of had each other's backs and that's what I think you still kind of stands out in our minds of being broadcasting majors together because we were all just kind of tight-knit group I think yeah and then way it was way no it was an Australian guy the next semester we were doing the in the field production the solo camera stuff he shot a news story of me losing my mind because they ripped into my like in this in the studio <laughs> like we, we were tongue-in-cheek because we had to get uh right it was actually Bob and Mike then, but we had yeah. to get Mike back. And they, yeah. they got a good chuckle out of the whole thing because I played right. very well. Yeah. And like, we also worked at like Jobs UWTV. There were people that worked at the radio station. So yeah, it was kind of a definite click of, um, yeah, taking care of each other for sure and, and working together. It was a small group. And now there's no broadcasting school. They got rid of it when we were, what, seniors or so, I mm-hmm. think. I'm not sure. Um, 
Yeah, because we graduated together. We sat next to each other at graduation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I will remember this part, and it'll I'll wrap this thing up. Um, Jerry Haas. Yeah. Peter said uh-huh. he was killing me. He was like cracking jokes, and he's got that just alpha male suit. I can't do it. Just crack it up. And I swear, well, you were Gina, like leaned over and go, "Can you shut the fuck up?" Like <laughs> you're ruining graduation. I'm like, I'm bored out of my mind. This is yeah. keeping me engaged. But I can't remember what I mean. Yeah, I always said shut the fuck up. But you kind of were like, you guys yeah. be quiet. Like you're ruining graduation. I was like, it was the second time I'd been in that building, graduated, graduated high school there. So I, and I uh-huh. covered them with video. So I was, even if it was it was ours. I was so bored out of my mind. Right. Remember Jerry was saying I was on the floor. Yeah, I do remember that. He was awesome anyway. He was just hilarious. He was the most, one of the most creative guys anyway, too. So yeah, I'm still friends with him on Facebook and he's still just as funny just through social media as he was in person. So that's, that's neat to see that too. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for your time and being on this episode. It's great catching up and learning all about you. Good. I had a blast. I was nervous. <laughs> But um, I'm glad you talked me into it. I, I know my life isn't that interesting, but regardless, it was fun just talking to you. So I really appreciate it. Oh, I think your life's very interesting. So <laughs> we'll get lots of <laughs> listeners. All right. Right. <laughs> okay. Folks. I had a really cool outro all worked out in my head. I thought about during a lunch break earlier in the week, then I forgot it all. So if I remember it, I'll let you know in a future podcast of sorts. Now, it took a little bit of convincing to get Carrie on the show, but I'm really glad she agreed to it. It was great to see her. You know, all these interviews are done via Zoom, so we got to see each other and react to each other and laugh at each other as the interview was going on. And I got to learn more about her life than I ever knew back in the college days. I didn't even know if she had, I knew she had an older brother. So that was pretty cool to learn all that about her. Now, in other news, I'm now part owner of an internet radio station called cbjradio.com. We fired the CEO of the old station and moved me into ownership with some new branding, of course. It's a free radio station. Anybody can listen to it. You don't have to sign up for it. You don't have to give us your email or anything. We have brand new shows every day, except Sunday. Sunday is our uh, repeat day, replay day, in case you missed a show earlier in the week. Our shows range from a hip-hop show to a rock show to an all-independent artist shows, many of those to a Friday night request show, and don't forget about retro Saturday nights. Make cbjradio.com the only internet radio station that you listen to. On to the next episode.